0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some f bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Wendy. Wendy Sterling is a top divorce media personality, international divorce coach, life transition specialist, and founder of the Divorce Rehab. That sounds interesting. (laughs) She helps newly divorced men and women who are having trouble moving forward and tired of feeling stuck, pain, fear, resentment, anger, and guilt to find joy, self worth, and freedom. Wendy has been featured on NBC. Thrive Global, Medium, Hello Divorce, Romper, and has been the, a guest on the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, Moms Moving On, The Smart Women Show, and the Divorce and Beyond podcast, to name a few. Wendy is also a speaker, the host of the Divorced Women's Guide podcast. So, I mean, great time to be on other people's podcasts because then you can just be like, well, you already listen to podcasts, so it's easy transition there. Um, she's an author, an advanced Theta healer and mom to her two amazing boys. What is Theta heal- healer? Like, what is that? It's an, it's a
1: form of energy healing.
0: Oh, interesting. Yes. I, I like all the different, um, you know, ways that people can try to, you know, find healing or treat um, health ailments and stuff. It's, there's so much out there like, yeah, I
1: also do sound healing now. So I'm also a sound bowl and tuning fork healer. And oh. so yeah, it's sound therapy is really powerful. Um, and it's actually dates back to like ancient Roman times. <laughs> so it goes way back.
0: I mean, if it works, it works, right. Why yes. cre- recreate the wheel? I feel like yes. we do that a lot is like, I'm like, all right, well, we have already found that this is effective. Why are you trying to change it on? Exactly. Not related to healing, but I do grocery pickup because I hate grocery shopping and they keep changing the app like every two months. And I'm like, come on, just stop. It works before stop changing it because it's always like, every time they change it, it, it messes up. And I was just like, just stop. It works. It works. Why change things that work? But anyways, yes. So Wendy, I mean, people may have gotten the hints, um, because your bio I'm assuming, well, I know that you had experience of divorce and the audience yes. is probably assuming that you have based on your bio. Yes. Usually we end up doing things that, um, are related to things we've been through. Right. I'm, um, yes. I'm going to school for social psychology. I like to research bias, stigma, prejudice, intergroup intergroup relations. So that is stems from my own experiences with bias, prejudice, stigma. <laughs> yep. So usually I find that people get into um, a certain field because of their experiences. So share with us your experience. Yeah,
1: I'm happy to share my story. Um, And I can tell you, I definitely did not anticipate doing this work. um, Because, you know, about six years ago, I was living that Facebook facade life, I had a 20 year, very successful career in corporate America working in Uh, you know, digital media and working for very uh, well-known female lifestyle brands. And I married my college sweetheart and he was a successful attorney. We had two, we still have two beautiful boys. Um, And I was living that life until the day that my entire world came crashing down around me. And I discovered that he was having an affair with a colleague. And it was one of those moments where, you know, talk about the universe smacking you upside the head and saying, (laughs) wake up and that's exactly what happened um you know I kept saying to myself what the heck how did I get here this is not the face of somebody who gets divorced my family isn't divorced like how did I how did I let this happen right Mm -hmm. and it was very much like I'm a failure I'm not what he wants I'm not enough and it was in that moment and really within the 24 hours of me finding this out that I knew that something had to change and that change had to happen within me. Although at the time I thought he was the one who had to change. I thought he was the one who was messed up. I thought he was the one who did this to us. And over the course of the next, um, year or so, I really took some time out to figure out like, how did I fall asleep at the wheel? How did I miss this? And Initially I was in therapy. He and I had also actually been in couples therapy and at no time did I ever, you know, raise the red flag. And I thought that I was this like evolved human being. And clearly (laughs) there was still some work to be done. Right. And it really wasn't until the universe smacked me upside the head again, about eight months later, and uh, showed me a Facebook post from a friend who became a life coach. And I was like, what is this? Like, what is a life coach? And it was one of those facebook feed you know that you see where you're like it catches your eye just randomly and so i not only reached out to have a conversation with her but i realized that that's what i needed because what coaching is all about is it's focusing on where you want to go. And therapy mm-hmm. was keeping me so rooted in you know, my past and all my childhood trauma, et cetera, which don't get me wrong, super, super, super important. However, what I knew that I needed was to figure out like what the heck I was gonna do. Am I staying married? Am I leaving? Like, what am I doing? And so after you know, enrolling in not only becoming a life coach, but also hiring one. I, I had moved through more emotional aspects related to the betrayal, the resentment, and the anger in the course mm-hmm. of a weekend <laughs> than I had the entire year before in therapy. And I was like, oh, my God, something. there's something to this. And so I not only uh, used coaching as the platform for me to decide that it was time for me to leave my marriage, but I also decided it was time for me to leave my career because it was something that I was good at, but I was miserable. And so I left and I left my six-figure paycheck and said, screw it you know, that's my old life. I get to start a new one from scratch, clean slate. And I left my job and decided to start the divorce rehab, which is my business and my brand, which is really a platform for for women and men to see that their divorce can be the most empowering experience that you go through to design a life you choose instead of feeling stuck in the one that you have. And the way you do that is is by stepping into your identity and reclaiming your voice. Because what so many of us do is we lose ourselves in our marriage. And that's what I had done. I I had become a version of me that my ex-husband saw that, you know, again, it was something I also grew up with and I've worked through all of that as well. But, you know, I had lived into the version of Wendy that everybody else saw me to be instead of being authentic and true to who I was. And so it took time to really get my confidence back and to feel my worth and to get some self-esteem built back up in order for me to start feeling confident around using my voice, but in a way that allowed me to be seen and heard because the way I had done it before was clearly not working. Um, you know, and I talk about this all the time. Like I was I was angry and I was mad. I felt Mm -hmm. neglected. And instead of having a, you know, a a sit down conversation about it, I would, I would bottle it all up and not Mm -hmm. say anything. And then all of a sudden I would like explode. I call it like my volcano effect. And I would just explode. And he'd be like, Whoa, how, what? Like I had made up this whole story in my mind. And I'm sure some of your listeners can relate to that. Um, And even my married friends are like, Oh my God, I need to stop doing that. And so You know, I think that all of us go through some type of a life transition that really wakes us up. Mine happened to be divorce. And then actually, um, you know, in January of this year, I lost my mom. So I went through another life transition period. And, you know, we don't just have one in our life. There's multiple ones. Right. And so that's also why I, I do help people with different life transitions where grief is, is built in because that's like, you know, that's kind of where we all start because you're, you're really grieving multiple in divorce You're grieving multiple areas of your life that are gone. It's not just your marriage. It's your best friend. It's your family. It's your dreams. It's for some of us, financial security. There's just yep. so many different aspects and for those of us that have kids, add your kids on top of that. Yep. So, yeah. So that's yeah. my long story of of how I got <laughs> here. Um, it was not seen. And, you know, and the, the other thing I just want to say is that, you know, <laughs> a lot of attorneys will say, don't do what Wendy did because, you know, leaving your paycheck and starting a new um, is not something that a lot of people recommend. And for me, I... It, looking back, I would I would have been like, "What are you doing?" But I was just so focused on needing to shed my old life mm-hmm. and to really just start from ground zero without having or feeling any attachment to my old life. So yeah, yeah just want to put that out there.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. Um, what works for uh, one may not work for all. Like when you were talking, I w- I used to be a coach myself, but I am not built to be an entrepreneur. I learned that. <laughs> it takes a skill said yeah, that's for sure. After a couple of years, I was like, no, this is not not for me. But you know, you said coaching really helped you, and it helps me in some manners too, but therapy has been really good for me. But part of that is because I have bipolar disorder. So it's a whole different. (laughs) It depends.
1: And, and to be honest, the combination of the two is really powerful Mm -hmm. because I stayed with my therapist while I did coaching, because there was so much stuff that I started uncovering about my past. And so, you know, for my clients and the work that I do, I actually have them share with me their past story so that I have Mm. that information. But really what I focus on is really about how it is that, that we get you moving forward. Um, You know, you also listed in my bio about, you know, the energy healing that I do. Well, the energy healing piece is actually, you know, it's mind, body, spirit, right? I call Mm. it kind of like this trifecta that, is required when you go through divorce. So it's mind, body, spirit slash soul. And so the theta healing piece actually helps you with your past wounds to kind of shift Mm. your mindset shift, um, you know, theta healing is also about shifting generational trauma that's come through as well. And so, um, so that's the element where the past comes into play because for me, and honestly, for most of us, if we just focus on our mind, right? You still have these other elements, and so for me, that was one of the things that was really eye opening for me going through this experience was that I was looking for that one stop shop, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't exist until now, right? So that's what I provide, honestly. Like, yeah, and no, I love I- all my colleagues but like I have, I have all these different elements because that's what I needed. And so the way that I've created and structured, you know, my programs are really around showing you the path of what it takes to get to the other side, because therapy alone, isn't going to do it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. coaching alone, isn't going to do it. Energy healing alone, isn't going to do it either. So It's really important that people understand. You know, you get, they get so frustrated. They're like, why isn't this working? Like, I was asking, um, you know, I I talk with my group a lot uh, on Facebook and also my email list. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, like, what's your biggest struggle? What's your hurdle? And I hear from everyone where it's like, I take one step forward and then I get triggered and 10 steps back. And so it's like, yeah, because you're reading something telling you to do this. And then the emotional piece comes into play and then boom, you get sucked back because energetically you're triggered. Right. Mm -hmm. And so So it's this dance that has to happen where, you know, if you're not, if you're not helping yourself to heal in all these different areas, you are going to stay stuck and it's going to take a hell of a lot longer than if you see that there's all these different areas that require support, healing, and, and, and nurturing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I too lost myself in my marriage. I'm still... married to the same person but um it was really easy and part of that is I was not taught how to have um healthy relationships growing up he my right. parents are divorced my spouse's parents on the other hand are not and so for me divorce has always been an option it's always been on the table All right, I was cool right like whatever I will walk away from this at any uh, that's how I mean still I would have walked away in the early years from it without putting in effort to try to work things out. Right. Right. Like, even though I was very like sucked in into it and and I became all about what he was about. Um, divorce was always an option. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's not an option. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, but like now, yeah. I would work harder
1: <laughs> to make it not an option. Well, but here's the thing, like, and and what I just heard you say is that you choose you. So mm-hmm. whatever choosing you looks like, that's the path that you get to follow. You know, one of the ways that I communicate what it is that I do is that I help people navigate. The path that none of us anticipate taking when Mm -hmm. we walk down that aisle and we say, I do, you know, and, and I love that you are being so transparent about that because a lot of like a lot of my married friends, when they found out that we were getting divorced, it woke them up right? Mm -hmm. They were like, Oh my God, if this could happen to Wendy, like this literally could happen to us. We were that perfect couple. Everyone thought we were the happiest people out there and you never know what's happening behind closed doors. And I think that, you know, and, and, and the other thing I hear all the time is that like, Oh, you must be pro divorce. No, I'm not pro divorce. You think I planned this? No, Mm -hmm. I didn't. However, what I am a fan of and what I am pro is me, my you choosing you, like whatever's Mm going to bring you peace, joy, happiness, love. Like that's what you get to choose. Like I have sent people back to their marriages. I work with people in that. Should I stay or should I go phase? Because what I want you, you know, the use of the world out there to, to see is that. You get to have what you want and be who you are in any relationship. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to, he wasn't doing the work, he wasn't committed. And so I chose me and Mm -hmm. me meant divorce. So whatever choosing you looks like, that's the path that you get to take. And, and, you know, and a lot of people, you know, there's that stigma around divorce, right. And even, those of us that go through it hate using that word. (laughs) And one of my, I mean, my platform, my mission in this life is to change that stigma from shame Mm -hmm. to empowerment, because it is, it is choosing you. Divorce means that you chose yourself Mm -hmm. and you may not have been the one to pull the trigger. It was pulled for you for some of the people out there. And you will see eventually how this is a gift and it's going to be the best thing that's ever happened to you because you fell asleep at some point where you just, you were in denial. You Mm -hmm. were, you know, which was my life. I was in total denial. I didn't, I didn't question things because I was like, oh, he would never, he would never. Guess what? (laughs) I was wrong. And I'm okay with that because I've learned I've learned a lot. That's for damn sure. So, you know, and he and I are now friends. We we were not oh, in the beginning, good. but we're really good friends and we co-parent our boys now. And, you know, did I think that was going to happen? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no. And my best friend, I remember at one point she asked me, she was like, She's like, you never know; it may change. I was like, never. I'm never gonna change. I, I can't uh, stand him. I hate him. I mean, I use the hate word, right, which yeah. is strong. And I was like, I hate him. I never want to speak to him again unless it has to do with the kids. And now, like, we we talked yesterday, like we were coordinating already for the holidays, and, and you know, and we were just, you know, how how how's everything going? And uh, like, we're like just small talking. I'm like, oh my god, I would have never if I didn't do this work, I wouldn't be here where I am today with yeah. him. So, cause he hasn't changed. I have. <laughs> yeah. So that's all you could control.
0: Right. Yeah. You could only control you. And it's, it's interesting how some people like myself see divorces. It's always on the table for me, yeah. um, where my spouse, absolutely not dude is a glutton for punishment. Because- <laughs> Let's be honest. The first, like, I'd say six years of our now almost 12 year marriage was rough. I came from an abusive relationship and I had a lot of anger and I had an undiagnosed mental illness. I had all this stuff. And, but for him, the reason we're still married is for him. It's never been an option. Like it's never been on the table. And I was like, dude, at some point in time, you do need to say like, if things got really bad, it would need to be an option, right. right? Because like, you can't just like if it's a toxic relationship, not saying it is because it, it's not now, right? Right. Right. <laughs> but at one point in time, looking back, I would have deemed it toxic. I was toxic, and yeah. you know, you have to, like you said, choose yourself. You can't just be like so hell bent on like I'm never getting a divorce that you like you hide yourself. I don't want to, yeah. Hide yourself. You lose yourself. You decide like my needs aren't important. And and it needs to, I tell people all the time. I'm like, marriage is uh, like a two-way street. Sometimes you're giving a hundred percent and they're giving zero. And sometimes they're giving a hundred percent and you're giving zero. It's like a give and take thing. But if like somebody's just taking, 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 and they're not putting in any effort, like you can't do that long-term. That's exhausting. It sounds exhausting to me. (laughs)
1: And it is right. Like I, you know, so many people like to point fingers, right. But marriage takes two people. Okay. And you have to own and take responsibility for your 50%. So taking responsibility for 100% of your 50%, right. So I take zero responsibility for the choices that my ex has been made. That's on him. He's got to live with that for the rest of his life, I, on the other hand, you know, I have to take responsibility for my choices. And to me, that was, how did I show up? How did I engage with him? And. No wonder he didn't like me. I was not a nice person. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it was because I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to express myself. I didn't come from a family where your feelings mattered. And, And let me just say, like, I love my family, super close with them. Obviously, my mom passed away. She was my best friend. Like, but I come from a family that, you know, we're Holocaust survivors. We came to America, I'm first generation born. So like, we wanted to fit in. So you don't open your mouth. You just sit there and you nod your head, not just because you're a woman, but because, you know, we need to fit in and you cannot stand out because then we're gonna be, you know, tagged, right? Think about what the Holocaust was all about, yeah. right? So much generational trauma in there too. But the whole point being that, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to be anything else. And so instead mm. of working on it, I blamed him. Mm. Right. I I would I would get mad at him. And so it, it took me some time to really get to a place where I was like, oh my God, okay, I I get to change this. I can't change him and and his flaws and his childhood trauma. But I sure as hell can change and and choose differently next time. And that has now become like my whole platform and mm-hmm. and I'll tell your listeners, like I'm six years on the other side, right? And there's still moments where I find myself where you still get those like little, you know, sparks that come up and you and I still have to catch myself sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And it's a work in progress as long as you are putting yourself at the forefront and and it's not selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think that it was, but it's not. You have mm-hmm. one life. Like you get to choose to live this life. How do you want to look back on your life? How do you want to remember your life? How do you want people to remember you in yeah. this life, right? And I don't want to be remembered for who I used to be. I I want to be remembered for the woman that I've become as a result of what I've been through. So that means divorce, like, great. If it means stay married, awesome. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm, I'm remarried and, you know, a happy in a new relationship. So I'm not anti-marriage either. It just, everything it's, you know, what is this saying? Like different strokes for different folks like yep that's it i'm yeah. all about
0: that like just be you yeah no and it's Do and you. it's difficult to take mm-hmm. responsibility for our shit right and be like oh my God. oh my yes. gosh <laughs> yeah
1: you know, you know saying
0: like I was a, <laughs> I was not a good human being and I did really diff- like really bad things I not really bad things, but like no, but bad things. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's so difficult and so uncomfortable that I think, well, I mean, we, as a social psychology researcher, we talk about this, there's actual, like, you know, legitimate science behind why people act the, the way they do, Absolutely. right? It does. It makes you uncomfortable to be like, I did these things. I need to take responsibility for this and do what I can to do better moving forward. So I don't keep repeating the same. Correct. And especially if those are patterns that like you developed early on, like in childhood, those are really hard to undo. They are. And yes, and it just takes
1: consistency, right? Mm -hmm. And, and this is the big piece is, and, and why, it's so important to have somebody there with you is we are our own worst accountability partners. Mm -hmm. We make up excuses all the time. Oh, shoot. I don't have time or, Oh, this came up. Oopsie. And if you are, if you're not having somebody kind of holding you to the fire of, of, showing up in different ways or changing the way that you're thinking or going about things differently. Mm -hmm. If you don't have somebody by your side showing you and holding you accountable and calling you out, you're going to stay the same, right? Like one, one of the things I love about what I do for a living and, and my platform is that I am a tough loving bold coach. I will tell you what it is that I know you need to hear to wake you up because your friends and your family are keeping you stuck. They're projecting their own discomfort. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember back in the beginning, like I I was talking to my, I obviously talked to my best friend a lot, but I remember at one point she was like, in two years, you're, you're going to look back. And I, I like stopped her and I was like two years. I'm like, I can't even think about what I'm making for dinner tonight and you mm-hmm. you want me to go 2 years from now? Like are you kidding me? Like you know you just can't go there with with it. And so staying in the present moment, like that's what I find is so hard for people is you you either go backwards or you think forwards and then you get paralyzed instead of just staying you know present in the now. If you're if you're constantly worried about outcomes or telling stories in your head, you're you're making it harder for yourself it doesn't have to be like this and it's totally normal because that's what we do that's the society that we've grown up mm-hmm. in that's what we've been trained to do like anticipate right but you can't because i mean think about it how many times have you tried to anticipate something and it hasn't gone exact it hasn't gone exactly all how the time <laughs> so why are you spending all this time and energy ruminating what do you have control over That's what you can focus on because we spend probably, I would say 90% of our energy focusing on the things that we can't control. Mm -hmm. And think about how much energy you're spinning, right?
0: Like why it's exhausting. That's why everybody's so tired all the time. Yeah, definitely. I, I find my brain calms down when I'm like, what? what can I do right now? What is the thing I can do right now? Not like all these things that are out of my control, but what can I do? Exactly. Personally. And then my brain calms down when I do it and then we're good to go. But it's like, you can't, you can't be like right now I'm in the middle. I was talking to you before, like, you know, we got started Is I'm applying to PhD programs and like, I could I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get in? Oh my God, this. Oh my God. No, no, no. What can I do? I can fill out applications. I can write these, you know, personal interest statements. I can reach out to these professors to make sure they're taking students. That's all I can do. Once that's submitted, it is beyond my control. (laughs) Yeah. 100%
1: hundred percent, and and you have to trust, right? There's an mm-hmm. art to trust and surrender. You know, for for me, obviously, I I was massively betrayed. My trust was in the toilet. I I and I didn't realize that it's not about trusting other people; it's trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of why we go into these tailspins is because we have forgotten how to trust. We have forgotten how to trust in ourselves, to trust that we're enough, to trust that what is meant to be is, is intended. And you just have to surrender because if you, if you just immerse yourself in worry and and panic, you're taking yourself out from so many other areas. And I also am a huge believer in energy, obviously I'm an energy healer. I also am a sound healer, Um, but energy is really powerful. So whatever it is that you are thinking, you're energetically putting that out. So guess what? You're attracting that back into your life. Like attracts like, so lack attracts lack. So paying really close attention to your mindset is so important in that process because, you know, you know, and it's it's interesting because there have been times with um, my ex husband and and our kids where, you know, I I've said to him like it's already done, like it's happened, it's gonna be okay. Like you know, we were applying to to high schools and middle schools, and mm-hmm. you know, I, my ex husband was like freaking out. He's like, oh my god, who do we know? Who can we call? I'm like, it's gonna be okay. Like it's done. And he's going to get into the school. That's going to be meant for him. Like Mm -hmm. it's done. Like it's not going to be a problem. And he just was, he kept like trying to pull me back into like panic. And I'm like, no, it's going to be okay. (laughs) And it's interesting because I used to go there too.
0: Yeah,
1: That's it's like, okay, how do I get control? Right. Full-blown type a personality right here. Like control. I used to be such a big control freak and I've worked on it it takes work. It takes consistent practice to shift and to recognize like, oh crap, here I go again. (laughs) Like, let's reel it in, Wendy. (laughs) Like, let's calm down a little bit. Uh, and, and just remember, like you've put your best foot forward. You've put your best version of yourself out there and what the universe is intended for you is how it's going to be. That's how it's going to come. So, I mean, I got a divorce handed to me. That was not an accident. And at the time I, I was like, I don't want this.
0: <laughs> how yeah. do I
1: not have this? And now I'm like, hell yeah, bring it. Like it was just, it was what I needed.
0: And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, we don't always have control. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that we're so, how I put it, that we're so unrealistic about marriage sometimes is because. Social media, we just see this highlight reel. Everybody is like marriages are great, they're like going on vacations, they're doing all this stuff until it's not right. Because like it's really good, it's really good, it's really, really good, and then you start to see it unravel, and you're just like, but I never saw I, you know, somebody else, you're watching it from the outside. I never saw it coming. Well, that's because. All people share most of the time is like this happy, like these happy things and the good things that are going on. Like, you rarely see somebody, unless they're getting ready for divorce, getting on there and being like, My spouse is a piece of crap, and these are all the things that they do. Generally, it's really a positive, and that's a good and bad thing, right? Like, so if you're always on there talking about what a piece of crap your spouse is, then people are like, Well, why don't you leave them, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it's like, true. there's gotta be a middle ground there where it's like, you can't just always show the happy go lucky things. And you can't always talk crap about them. But like, I feel like that middle ground just doesn't exist most of the time. No, because think about social media, everybody like he, truth
1: bomb to your listeners, people post what they want you to think is going on. Mm-hmm. So everything that you see on Facebook is a facade. That's why I call it a Facebook facade life. People control what they want you to see. Why do you think everybody was blown away when I was like, oh yeah, he cheated and we're getting a divorce. Like, oh my God, you guys are the perfect family. You have all the perfect pictures. Oh my God. Do you know that that is like 1% of my life? I didn't want anyone to, I made it and I went the extra effort to make sure that people didn't know what was going on. Right. And And it's one of the things that really frustrates me about social media is that people are not being, not everybody, I should caveat it that way. Not everybody's being authentic. Yeah. Right. I, if I have nothing to post because things are not happy go lucky, like I talk about it, like I'll go on there and I'll bear my soul and be like, yeah, shit's hard right now. Yeah. I do that too. (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, but then I also go on there and I'm like, okay, I had a bad day and I'm good and I'm over it. Mm Like, hi, it's called life We're human beings. We're not perfect and stuff happens, but nobody talks about the stuff that happens. Everybody wants to talk. I I recorded a reel this morning where I said, you know, think about this example. One times 10 is 10, two times 10 is 20, three times 10 is 30, four times 10 is 40, five times 10 is 50, six times 10 is 60, seven times 10 is 70, eight times 10 is 80, nine times 10 is 91. Everyone's probably like, wrong, that's wrong. So why are you pointing out to me the one thing I did wrong, but yet you're not celebrating the eight things that I said right? Right. But yet, what do we do in social media? We ignore the, the, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so messed up. And I'm a huge proponent of like small celebrations. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what the world needs more of. There's enough darkness in this world. Shine your light. Be the light, because the more that we're able to shine our light in this world, the brighter people's lives are going to be. So, you know, I also posted something like, what do you see when you look in the mirror and everybody's like my flaws? Mm -hmm. It breaks my heart. Yeah. I used to be that woman. Mm -hmm. Why don't you see the beauty, right? I could sit here and be like, oh crap, I have a pimple on my face. No, what I see when I look in the mirror, I've got gorgeous green eyes. Like I love my eyes. I love my smile. I've got great hair. But I'm focusing on that one pimple. At 46 years old, I have a pimple. Oh well, shit happens. Life happens, right? Like, so it just it frustrates me. Like, I get very passionate about it because I think it's one of the biggest reasons why we all have such crappy self-esteem. And I encourage everybody to stop focusing on like the one little thing that maybe you didn't get right today, and instead to focus on the 50 other
0: little things that you got right (laughs) you know so yeah unless you're really around somebody like you know them you're there to see like the very dirty details it is very easy to be convincing that like everything's great, and that's why I'm, I'm like super transparent I'm like you know what I have bipolar disorder and today I am depressed it is a bad mental health day but hey you know there is like these are some good things that are going on so I got through it we're good and I've had people um reach out to me and they actually got diagnosed with bipolar disorder because I shared my story and because they were like, oh my gosh I can see myself in right your story. And yeah. I'm like, what if I didn't share that? What if all I shared were these wonderful things that happen or I made up stuff? Because sometimes people do that too. They make up stuff that happened.
1: <laughs> or you choose to focus on one thing, but you ignore the other thing that yeah. actually makes you relatable.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's part of the podcast, right? I have people totally. come on and share their stories because other people need to know they're not alone, but also to shift perspective, because maybe somebody has never thought about this, this topic in the way that you are presenting it and your yep. story and, and they can relate to you where they right. couldn't relate to my other guests that have talked about this, you know, the same top topic, like everybody's story is unique in its own way. And it's really important that we share and be transparent because you never know who's watching or listening and whose life you can impact. And unless, like I said, unless you know somebody intimately in person, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody I know who, who got divorced and we were, I was not surprised. I was just like, oh my God, he was such a piece of shit. <laughs> like, but that's because I knew that person intimately where other people were surprised, right? Because they sure. didn't know that level. And um, yeah, so yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, listen, it took me, it took me two weeks to tell my parents mm-hmm. two weeks to be like, Hey, guess what? I kicked him out. Yeah, <laughs> And there's so many of other, so many other people there out there who, you know, they may look at me and go, God, I wish I could be her. Like, that's never going to be me. Well, I said that too. I would look at, mm-hmm. you know, some of my colleagues, you know, people that I was following before that I now have friendships with, where I'd be like, God, if I could, like, that's just never going to be me. I'm never going to get there. And it's like, but you don't know what happened from A to Z. Like you got to hear, you know, we all went through an A to Z to get to where it is that we are. And if you don't talk about it, how are people going to know that it's possible? Right? Like I was saying before, there's so much darkness, like Mm -hmm. you got to shine your light and shining your light doesn't mean being, you know, happy, positive Polly all the time. Right. Right. It It doesn't work
0: out. It's very exhausting.
1: It is exhausting. And what's so much easier is being authentically you and being that relatable person. You know, I, I used to be afraid. I used to be Mm. so afraid. Oh my God, what are people going to say? And I remember that first vulnerable uh, Facebook post that I did, you know, probably like five years ago. Mm. And, oh man, I was like, do I, do I hit the post button? What is this going to do? I'm like, nope, I'm going to do it. It's going to help somebody. And the outpour of support, the outpour of like, oh my God, this is me. Like, I don't like help me, you know, or thank you for sharing your story. Like this was so like meaningful to me. And it's, it's in those, like, that's the story that I remember when I, you know, pick up my phone and I'm like, "Mm, do I share this today? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Because you have the power to change somebody's life. And yeah. that's what, I just got goosebumps. Like that gets me up every morning, mm-hmm. right? The, the if my divorce didn't happen, I wouldn't wake up with like that passion that I have of like, okay, whose life am I gonna make a difference in today? Because it's not about me. It's about how I impact this world, how mm-hmm. I show up and make an impact. And if I'm not leading with that lens, what's my life for? Why am I here? You know, I, yes, I have two kids. Like I love my boys. They're 16 and 13 and they are my world. And every day I show up as me to be the best version of me, to be an example to both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are, they are amazing human beings. And I know that it's because like, they've got a mom who tells them it's okay to be you. Yeah. And you, not everybody has to like you. Not everybody has to agree with you and it doesn't matter. It's okay. You get Mm -hmm. to be you. You've got one life live it yeah like live right I watched my mom suffer from cancer she could choose to live to die or to live to live and she in the beginning it was living to live and then she was just tired and she was like I'm done I just I just want it to be over mm-hmm. right I've seen both lenses and I'm gonna choose up until the day I die to live to live because that's how I that's what I want to be remembered for right um and it's just every day I'm like The only time you have is now that's the only
0: time that exists.
1: Like, what are you going to do with it?
0: Yeah. Well, Wendy, as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? I know you're like, I just ended on a crescendo. Like, my God. I was like, was that a mic
1: drop moment? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It
0: it totally was, but (laughs) I got to ask the question. It's part of the podcast. (laughs) No, you know, I think that the biggest,
1: the biggest thing that I want to leave your audience with based on everything that I've said today is I encourage you to start seeing life happens for you, not to you. And so what that means is start looking at and seeing the perspective of the glass half full Mm -hmm. instead of always approaching things with the glass half empty, because what I know to be true is that growth comes from discomfort and growth Mm -hmm. comes from the mistakes that you made. I have made so many mistakes in my life and I'm so grateful for each and every one of them because I wouldn't be where I am today. And while I look back and I'm like, wow, wish that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Then I go, oh, wait a second, but I wouldn't be where I am today had that not happened. And so I think that is something that we don't allow ourselves or give ourselves permission to, to see, or to think. So that is what your listeners get to get to be left with today. And now I am mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> well, Wendy, thank you so much
0: for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Megan. It's been a pleasure.